Before we start our episode, I want to share with you about an opportunity where you could be on an upcoming Field Notes podcast. Even with all of 2020's challenges, we know there have been some bright spots along the way too, and we want to know yours. Take a 10 to 20 second audio or video clip of yourself sharing about your bright spot and then email it to us at knowledgecenter at agchoice.com and you may hear your clip on a future podcast. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. I'm Rachel Sadison, and with me today is Justin Miller of Miller Plant Farm. Miller Plant Farm is a farm and garden center located in York County, and among many of the plants grown are poinsettias, which are always a holiday favorite this time of year. Today, we'll learn from Dustin about their operation and specifically a bit more about poinsettias. Dustin, thanks for joining me today. I'm happy to be a part of it. Thanks for including me. So first, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Miller Plant Farm? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess first thing to start off with is we're a multi-generational uh, business at Miller Plant Farm. I'm the I'm a representative of the fifth generation, and um, Miller Plant Farm got its beginning with the purchase of the original acreage by my great great grandfather Howard Miller in 1912, um, and he purchased the original acreage with the purpose of growing vegetables, which we would take to local market houses uh, for sale and make his living that way. Well, along came my great-grandfather, Jacob Miller, the second generation, and he built the first greenhouse in 1928 and officially started Miller Plant Farm by growing vegetable transplants. So what Jacob realized was there were many advantages of going to the field with plants as opposed to going to the field with seeds, such as gaining a lot of time on the competition with uh, vegetables that are ready for market. Also, you, you go with plants and you have a little bit of efficiency, you know, sometimes seeds don't germinate and whatnot. So there were definitely many advantages. Um, the competition then asked Jacob to grow plants for their operations as well. And thus Miller Plant Farm was born. Um, now we also got into ornamentals. Uh, Jacob's wife, Ada, would grow petunias, marigolds, and other bedding type ornamental plants in the same greenhouses. She didn't grow them in pots. They didn't have pots back then. What she did is she'd grow them basically in what I would describe as like a sand bed. And then when they would start to flower, she'd pull them out bare root, um, wrap them in moist newspaper and take them to market that very day. And that's how we kind of got the ornamental side going and, and grew from there. Um, present day, we still specialize in vegetable transplants. Uh, a big part of our business is kind of behind the scenes. Uh, we have a garden center and we're known for selling the plants we grow, but a lot of our plants are grown uh, commercial varieties being sent to commercial vegetable producers. And um, as I mentioned, we also grow ornamentals. That's actually my role in the operation, as well as uh, offering assistance in managing our retail garden center greenhouse. Uh, we're family owned and operated. My wife, Christy's involved in the business, as well as my father, David, who would be the fourth generation, uh, and my cousin, Steve, Courtney, and I, we all make up the fifth generation. But um, I would say what makes us unique is we exist in that grower retailer space, which is a space that's vastly diminished uh, in the world, the model being large wholesale greenhouse growers selling to mass merchant box store retailers. So it's kind of unique. We're still tr 
truly growers of plants and people, the public can come right to our farm and garden center and purchase those plants. Um, our garden center is in York County, uh, Spring Garden Township, uh, and it was built in 2011, kind of with the purpose of taking us into the future. And that's a little bit about what we do here. Great. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, really interesting to hear about the history and how Miller Plant Farm has really grown over the years. Yep. So now Christmas is just a couple of weeks away, and I'm sure your greenhouses are beautiful this time of year with all the poinsettias. Could you share about your poinsettia operation and really what's involved there? Yeah, uh, poinsettias, that's kind of a, a love-hate relationship with me, but um, I, I do love them. Uh, but they're what I consider a long-term crop. Uh, we start them in the summer as early as the month of July. So we receive basically like baby plants, tiny plants. Uh, they're basically like small cuttings. We call them rooted cuttings. And we pop those up into various sizes. Uh, the larger sizes, those are the ones started in July. And those are the great big ones you might see at a store where they're like 36 inches in total height. And then we, we stagger our plantings every two weeks or so. And we, we plant in mid-September, we plant like what I call the windowsill poinsettia, the real small one that, that can fit in the, the small spaces. Uh, the total number of stable units or the total number of poinsettia, potted poinsettias we grow, it's approximately 7,000 this year. That fluctuates a little bit. Uh, we kind of mostly base it off of how things went the year before. Um, but they're a very technical crop, um, meaning we need to keep a close watch on all the cultural elements, uh, the temperature, the air circulation, fertility, insect pressure, disease pressure. Uh, but I would say the most challenging thing is finishing the crop at just the right height. You know, every variety or every color really has its very own unique growth habit. Uh, if you think about it, like the six-inch pot poinsettia, the standard church poinsettia, um, you know, we have white ones and pink ones and red ones. Well, I can't send out a 10-inch total height white one with 18-inch total height red ones. So you really have to manipulate them to get them to finish at just the right height. And that's kind of the challenging part, probably the part that I enjoy the most about the crop. Um, and then one way that we also, you know, control things like height is through careful variety selection. Um, that's, that's really a key component. Um, like I said, there's red poinsettias, but it's not just one variety or one cultivar, it's thousands. So we basically, we, we find varieties we like and, and we move them into production on a small scale. And if we really end up liking them, uh, we can always make them one of our main varieties. Um, but, you know, through variety selection, we're, we're picking out varieties that are growing very durably, you know, when you ship them or move them around. Um, there's also something called sporting. That's when, say, you have a pink poinsettia that has just a couple red leaves on it. Where it reverted or sported back to its parent. Um, so you have to care, select good varieties that don't do that much because that, that can be a little bit unmarketable when someone orders a, a pink poinsettia and you end up with it kind of hasn't made up its mind what color it's going to be yet. So, um, And also variety selection takes care of things like timing. There's early season poinsettias, there's mid-season poinsettias, and there's late season poinsettias. Now, at Miller Plant Farm, we generally tend to go more for the mid or late season. Um, we like a poinsettia that gets ready after Thanksgiving um, and stays nice all the way through the holidays. Uh, the early seasons generally are, are ready at some point in mid-November, and till Christmas, they're pretty tired looking. So that's how we go about uh, 
several of the production methods here at the farm. Yeah, that's really interesting. There's certainly a lot that goes into that, Justin. Yeah. So I'll, I'll admit, you know, I'm limited on my point set of knowledge, and I'm sure some of our listeners are as well. So could you help us understand really what we should look for when selecting a poinsettia and really anything else that you think is important for us to know related to them? <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's definitely things to consider when selecting one. But the first thing I got to I gotta lay down is that poinsettias are not poisonous. Uh, this is a very well-documented fact at the university level. Um, you know, every year I kind of think, well, why is that still a thing? Why do people still say they can't have poinsettias because they're poisonous? I, it seems like it's something everyone should know at this point. But um, really, in order to achieve a toxic reaction from poinsettia ingestion, you would have to eat a whole greenhouse full of leaves. So it's it's not even a thing. But uh, in terms of choosing uh, a good poinsettia, there are definitely several things to look for. Uh, first thing I would say is don't buy plants that are already packaged. Um, and when I say packaged, I'm talking about that clear uh, sleeve that they put around around the plants. Uh, even if you can see the top sticking out of that, you know, these are very fragile plants by nature. So I think it's really important that you can go somewhere you can, where you can truly select the plant that you like. Um, you don't know if, if it's already packaged. If you take that off, is it going to be busted up? Is the shape going to be kind of wonky? Um, so I think it's better to truly select one. Another good thing to do is is to look at the leaves closely, um, not just the, the red portion, for instance, on a traditional red, but the green leaves. Make sure they're deep green in color, um, clean of scorch or yellow spots, uh, anything else that just doesn't quite look good. But probably the most important thing to look for <clears throat> is the presence of cyathea. And what are cyathea? Well, cyathea are the yellow centers that you typically see on poinsettias. They're actually the true flowers of the poinsettia plant. A lot of people think that on a traditional red poinsettia, the red part is the flower. Well, those are actually called bracts, uh, B-R-A-C-T-S. And they're basically like modified leaves, and they're very pretty, but the true flowers are the yellow centers. You want those yellow centers to be present when you select your poinsettia because one of the things poinsettias will do when they stress at the finished state is they will abort those cyathea. They'll just drop right out. So if you're not seeing those, that plant is in decline either naturally because it's an early variety and it's getting late or just because it's been subject to either too little light, maybe irregular watering, but it's really not at its best. So I would always look for those cyathea when selecting a poinsettias. Great points there. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly keep those in mind, Dustin, when I go uh, pick up my plants here this year. So Sure. Uh, last question for you. You know, this year has certainly been like no other, and with the Christmas season upon us, could you share with our listeners really what you're grateful for this season, Dustin, and anything else you'd like to cover here today? Yeah, you're right. Uh, this year really has been like no other. Um, and, uh, you know, although we've been kind of engulfed by a lot of the negative stuff regarding COVID-19, and they certainly don't make light of any of the hardships, uh, I think it's always important to maybe keep our heads up and find some silver lining. Um, and at Miller Plant Farm, we're very thankful to be supported uh, by a community that truly values our efforts and the fruits of our labor. Um, the, I call it the sleepless times back in March when shutdowns were on the horizon and, and very uncertain times. I mean, we were filling greenhouses here, and we didn't even know if we were allowed to be open to sell anything. Um, but, you know, we quickly adapted 
got online with curbside service, did everything we thought we needed to do at the time. And, and just to, to go through the season and see that, you know, what we're doing year after year, people really do want, I mean, um, just didn't seem to make a difference that there were challenges in getting product to market. The demand was still there. So we're very, very thankful to know that we're doing work that's, that's appreciated that way. But, um, yeah, our lives become so jam-packed with activities and obligations, I think it truly becomes a daunting task just to make it through a week sometimes. And in the last year, with so much cancellation and, and absence from our busy routines, many folks found interest in simpler and timeless activities such as cooking, gardening, decorating, and crafting, which I think that's great for sustainable living on a personal level, and I, I also think that's worth being thankful for as well. Great. Well, Dustin, thanks so much for joining the podcast here today. It's been great to learn about your operation and really all the hard work that goes into growing poinsettias that we enjoy this time of year. So thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.